tuning in to the online broadcast network. AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries. And your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Oh, wait. The one part that he starts it on. Oh, this is a slow You gotta wait for it. You gotta wait for it. In the meantime, make a gangster face. There we go. Dun dun. Dun dun. Trying to catch me riding dirty. Trying to catch us riding dirty. Trying to catch us riding dirty. We're trying to catch us riding dirty. I'm gonna let him lean with it, rock with it. I don't know if you can lean with it, rock with it to that song. You were doing it though. You were trying. And it looked awkward. I'm sure they see this lovely face here. I'm sure that people are surprised. Go ahead. Oh, for real? Wow. Oh, you're talking about me. Oh, I'm talking about you. (laughs) Completely thrown off. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Blackish on ABC. I'm your host, Courtney Tezano, and today we have a special guest host with us. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Introduce yourself, lovely. I am Kevin John, and I just want to say thank you guys so much for allowing me to guest host with you guys yes. today. And you guys look so lovely. I should have stepped my game up before coming out. <laughs> I should have shaved, put on a blazer or something, you know, we don't, got a fresh okay. edge up. Or... We get chill on the show. We get chill. And I get trill. Chill. Oh, chill. I, you, I thought you said we get trill on here. I was like, okay, she going Texas for real on <laughs> And across from us is the lovely. Hi, you guys. What's up? I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and I'm super happy to have Kevin here. Yes. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. And, I, you know, I've I, I worked with, you know, Stacey in a variety of manners, and she is always such a joy and a blessing to be around to work with. You are doing and too much. She dresses so funky, too. I right, mean, she right. Is, she be, woo. And Courtney. Okay, stop. We haven't worked you together. You smell good. (laughs) Actually, that sounded weird. It does. Okay. Our listeners are dying. I hope you are running to this or something. (laughs) Well, this week's episode is called The Gift of Hunger. And we see in the very beginning that Dre is trying to teach his kids a lesson by taking them to the buffet. That's where we start this episode. So buffet style, all you can eat. And his kids aren't feeling it. They do not want anything at the buffet. So how did you guys feel about that opening scene? First of all, I, I do, you know, I, I understand what they were trying to say, but I have to defend the kids a little bit. Right. Because if you go to certain buffets, honestly, some of that food looks like it's just been, it looks like it's been like steaks that have been microwaved and <laughs> chicken that's just been, you know, from the day before. Exactly. And a lot of buffet food, with the exception of Vegas hotels where the buffets are just immaculate. But <laughs> if you go to like, you know, home hometown buffet, is it, or old style, all those right. other ones. Like a Golden Corral. Yeah, right. Golden Corral. <laughs> okay. We, we have to get specific. Oh, no dis. But no the food, dis. some of those foods, especially the meats, are not that good. I, I just have to say that. Right, They're right. not visually appealing. There are some things that I like at the buffet. But overall, it's not my scene. Like, I kind of like the sit down, I pick on the menu exactly what I want, and that's it. See, that's the thing. I... 
I we're older now, so the buffets aren't as like sexy and fun. But when I was their age, oh, we packed up in the van, the minivan, and we went to the buffet. That's just how it was. I have five siblings. I mean, none of you know what I mean. My parents are like, so that was, how are we gonna rack this up? Uh, Everyone, oh, y'all want to eat after church? Okay, that's <laughs> what we, that's you know what what we did. Like that's how it is. So I feel like it was so familiar to see them there and cracking up at their responses was just because I could see my younger siblings now thinking that you know they're um, eight and twelve, so they've seen their older siblings order them really nice food or get them nice stuff so they are probably like um why are we at golden corral why aren't we? you know what i mean but when i was 12 or whatever age um it was more of a luxury effect. like yes. you said it was kind of a luxury to go exactly. like after church instead of going home and doing the like <laughs> yes. homemade thing yes. mom was tired of cooking and we went to a buffet I yeah. loved so it. it was kind of a luxury for us but for them buffets like diane said the food made her sad that <laughs> was so funny i'm like what how spoiled are these kids but go ahead what were you gonna say Kevin? no i was gonna say you know you, you guys talked about as kids going there when i was a kid i went to buffets one of the things one of my favorite stations was the ice cream station right Ooh, i yes. would just go there and load and my mom used to always say kevin did you eat this did you eat this uh, like you know did you eat your uh, dinner or right. salad mm-hmm. and i would just go to two main things it was either the ice cream station or the dessert station or i would hang out at the french fry station <laughs> and just keep going back and forth that's all i did but were, were your parents i mean Obviously, we see that they just left their food. Right. My parents were very much like, you finish everything on that plate until you, before you get the other one. They left the buffet. I'm like, yeah. did they get their money back? That was so... I just think it's so funny because it literally brought back memories of, like, when we were, you know, kind of doing the most, sometimes my sister and I would, like, wrap up some food to go. We'd be like, ooh, like, ooh, I don't want to eat this right now, but I want to save it for later. It's not that serious. Like, what you, it's all you can eat. You can eat it. But just seeing them, how they reacted to the meat, how they reacted, it just was really funny. Yeah, I, I, I did that whole take food to go oh, thing yeah. when I was in college in the, in the cafeteria. Mm, but Lord, the Tupperware to go. Uh, yeah, you had but, to make it work. You had to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leaving with chicken patties in my packet. Exactly. <laughs> so obviously we have a different take than the kids. They were yeah. not feeling the buffet. Right. And we see that Dre decides to teach them a lesson by making them live for less. So yes. what did you guys think about that scene where we see the baking soda and the tomato? Wait, was it the ketchup and the bologna in the fridge? Right. Like that was whose fridge looks like that I know did anyone's fridge look like that growing up I mean, there were some days. There were some days. Yeah, that's days. what I was about exactly. to say. Exactly. I mean, some, there were a couple of days, not full weeks or months or anything, but I just remember a couple of days with the baking soda looked real fresh, and I was like, what could I? No, I'm kidding. But still, <laughs> like, there were some days that... But I've, I've been taught that lesson a couple of times. My dad, um, he's he's really funny when it comes to that stuff. I We used to kind of sit around like a house and be like, why aren't we eating this? Or we'd say stuff like, there's no food, knowing there's a lot of food, but we don't... There's, not, there's no fries or burger or, yeah. or cupcakes or candy, so there's no food. And and he would make a, he would just be like, oh, okay, really? There's not? Okay. And then he would literally be like, okay, well, he would like mix nasty crap and make, and then be like, that's your dinner since like this is all, and he would just, I mean, luckily there was like a backup plan, but he just wanted to see it, like test us out for a good hour. We're just like, yeah. But this is really gross. It's it's not isn't funny. it weird though how creative parents get oh, punishments? Yes. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Ex- that was a I punishment that. to take away that. the food mm-hmm. just but, to teach a lesson. Mm-hmm. No, that's true because you know I think back to when I was a kid sometimes, and I, I'm sure 
I still do this today. Sometimes you'll go to the refrigerator, open it up, you'll have a bunch of stuff in there, but you'll be like, man, there is nothing, nothing in here. Right, right. And you can sit there and look at it. When you got all kinds of stuff now, there may not be anything desirable right. in there exactly. to eat, but there's a lot. And, you know, speaking of uh, making, because my mother used to do that as well, uh, especially after they split and times were a little rough, she would be so creative in coming up with meals. Like, she's the only person I know where we can have rice for dinner, and in breakfast, she will turn it into, like, some kind of breakfast patty or a rice and egg omelet or something. And so she, she will use that rice for three meals right. any which and way. And make it spread. And exactly. make it spread, yeah. Okay. I feel like the kids would not be okay with they that. They wouldn't take to that. Yeah. I, I mean, and I think that that's the difference between, I was going to say baby boomers versus millennials. Right. Like, there's a difference, oh, but yeah. we're millennials still. We're considered millennials. So there's kind of like this break in our generation where there's some kids that are a little different than us. But there's the, yeah, because there's the 2014 type of millennials and then there's us. You know, the we, 80s, 90s yeah, babies. Like for yeah. some reason, when Dre, a lot of these episodes, I relate to him. I think it's funny. I respect like his, you know, former punishment or whatever, but then I have, I literally call my siblings. I'm like, what do y'all think about this? I would have done exactly what the kids did. I'm like, because you're 12. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like they think it's, they are just like that. So it's very funny because there is a break. When we were growing up, we still typed. We have, I have my handwriting stuff. Now, I mean, cursive is just cursive a foreign is, thing. Oh, yeah. That Kidding. is foreign. They will never see it. They will never see it. So, yeah, it's funny. Kids, y'all don't know how good y'all have it now. Right. That is, we sound old. Right. We sound old. We sound old. a little too much. Right. right. That's so, I thought it was interesting when Dre was saying that Bo had it different. So, Bo never right. had the baking right. soda right. and yeah. the ketchup. She was yeah. raised mixed. Right. I mean, I don't know what that lifestyle is like, but does anybody know anyone that was raised, that is black, but was raised mixed like? Like, what is, what is mixed? What is that? Uh, 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 well, mixed is okay, when you have well, you two know, parents that you come know. from different <laughs> nationalities and ethnicities. Exactly. And, no. but, okay. Uh, <laughs> but no, you know, it's funny when you say mixed, a lot of times that, that, that's interesting because you do have two different cultures, yeah. especially if it's black and white. Like, I think if it's like black and Mexican or, you know, um, a, a, a little something more where, where the cultures are somewhat similar, it's not as... You know, drastic, much, drastic, uh, drastic change. change. Yeah. But when you have black and white, yes, those are two completely different cultures coming together. So yeah, um, I'm sure Rainbow's upbringing with that kind of uh, with that kind of family obvi- was drastically different than um, than Dre's because mm-hmm. of the fact that there was a uh, she had a, a white father, I believe it was. Yeah, right. but it's also really good. No, I was gonna say I really wish Megan was here because Megan seems to relate to mm-hmm. she's black and Asian, mm-hmm. and you would think that would be drastically different. But she was raised practically Sounds the like same. A good kitchen right, right there. Right. <laughs> she was black and Asian, man. That little mean and <laughs> the whole nine. There was like Chalmaine. a on there. A couple. Anyway, let me stop. Um, but no, I just think it's funny because it's possible that her upbringing, upbringing was very, very different, but it's also possible it was exactly the same because sometimes when people from two cultures come together and they mesh so well, they have like very similar mindsets. Obviously, mm-hmm. they both have kind of background stuff, but I feel like we all have mixed friends who... In, in more ways relate to us regardless of like what race they were growing. You know what I mean? It's just like oh yeah, you did this. Oh, your mama did this. It don't matter if your mama was white, black, yellow, or green. Like okay. she still had the same. You know what I mean? So I, I thought it was interesting that Dre was because he was pointing it out. And I'm like oh this is comic relief, but maybe he meant it as a husband. He was being like no really you had a white dad. Yeah, you, you had probably better. had less ro- you know ramen noodles than I did. Who knows? Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But I think with the way that Bo acts, I don't think it's like a hundred percent true. I think some parts okay sure, but other parts she agrees with Dre in a lot of situations mm-hmm. after a while anyway. But. Well, she also, we have to remember that she's like from this hippie culture. Sure, and her parents yeah. are very like happy, not happy-go-lucky, very free and right. their lifestyle was probably very
very similar right. to <laughs> to Dre's. Right. But speaking of food, or if we were speaking of food, let's get into this casserole that Janine brought over to the house. Embarrassing. That pity casserole. Embarrassing. I was dying. I died. See, and that's the what's wrong with kids today. How could those kids have the audacity to go to the neighbor's house and say that we're not doing so well? And it's like, just because you I would never, like, you would never. That was hilarious. The most that you go to your neighbors for as a child for me was okay. Do they have Kool Aid today? I'm sorry to say, like, oh, I mean, like sure. can I get a ride? Kool Aid or snacks that my parents don't let us get. Yes. That's the only time you go to the neighbor's house, and you never beg. You just go because your friends are there. I hated going to the neighbor's house because I always felt like the kid. Like I felt bad because like if my parents were already gone for school or I missed the bus, it's like um I can't walk. I'm 12, so I need to. Ask you know what I mean? Like, you have to... My sister called me a couple days ago. She's like, should I go to the neighbor's house? Mom and dad are already at work, and I missed the bus. It's like, yeah, you're going to have to do it. <laughs> to. So it's it's funny because the kids, the way they reacted was like it was not a big deal. They're like, oh, we don't care how it looks, makes our parents look. No. Like, we just need to get our casserole yeah. or they whatever. Would, they would, yeah. And that's the difference. Like, we would have thought about exactly. that. Like, we think about exactly. how or how are we representing our exactly. parents. Exactly. And they're just like, no, we're doing it for us. I don't know what's, <laughs> what you're thinking. Like, Mom, we really, this house is too much for us. I was like, oh, my God, these kids <laughs> It's hilarious. But you know, it's funny. You, you see a lot of times now they live in an affluent community. Right. Uh, so obviously there's a lot of upscale, um, you know, upper, upper class that live there. So, you know, it's funny when, when you look at that or when, or when you go to like a middle to lower class community, at least in a lower to mid, uh, middle to lower class community, it seems like they are more, you know, opt to help out and stuff. It's like it's a village. You know, yeah. so yeah. it takes a village to raise a child. Right. Everyone knows each other in the community. They'll, you know, take... But it seems like in some certain affluent communities, it's kind of like everyone's kind of their own little isolated yeah. or sequestered home where yeah. they don't share everything and whatnot. So I thought it was interesting that the day, the, the one nosy neighbor, I forgot her name. Janine. Um, Janine. Oh, she was oh, funny. She was... Because, uh, you know, what's funny. Everybody in every neighborhood, everyone has that nosy neighbor that's yes. just in everybody's business oh, yes. about everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always has my neighbor. He lived next door. His name was Mike. I thought of one, but I didn't want to put right. it out there. <laughs> Man, Miss Shimmons was real. Yeah, funny, right. right? Yeah, and this always has their nose That's in everything. So funny, always yeah. commenting, and I just oh, and when you see them coming, you automatically just like either run or play dead. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want to talk to you, them. You can't act like you don't dead. see them because right. they, they know you see them. And they will tell your mom. They will. Oh, yes. They always yes. tell the mom. Um, I heard the kids say they must not have been feeling well. They didn't say hello. It's like, oh my yes. gosh, where do I live? Anyway. <laughs> gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the the pity casserole, we get into, uh, both made a funny, she had a funny mo- moment it. when she talked about, you know, I have I've had too much affirmative action money <laughs> and I took it from the Pacific Island to uh, basically, she was just upset that Janine would even put her on the level of being low class yes. and not privileged enough to live like, where she's I live living in the neighborhood. Yeah, like yeah. I've done too much. Yeah. I'm here for a reason. Yeah. I'm not here by default. We're yeah. not struggling like that. Right. So that that was hilarious yeah. from Bo. It's funny because you think about the people who have thought about the, you before like that, and it's not just like necessarily white or you know. I feel like it's been a lot of different races. I'm like, oh, you're a black girl who's doing it, and they could be any race saying that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just really. That was really funny when she said that. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree. But, you know, I, I think what's also interesting is how, you know, how much 
uh, Rainbow was concerned the way her image was perceived mm-hmm. to the outside world. I and, get it. You know, it, it's funny. You know, a lot of times when people want to help you out, sometimes people are like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't need help. You know, because they don't want to be perceived as, as, as struggling or uh-huh. the, like, have you ever, I don't know if this ever happens to you guys out here, but have you ever like given money to like a, a homeless person or someone that seems mm-hmm. like they're not and they get offended by it because they feel that, okay, you're, you're labeling me someone that cannot provide for myself or take right, care right. of myself. And it's like, well, when you're, you know, sitting here with clothes that are soaked in urine and they're halfway off, I mean, right. but, but, you know, it's kind of yeah. like the same thing. Like, you know, I, I, obviously she didn't want to be perceived as someone who was struggling. Right. But She's did, a surgeon after all. But Yeah, but was it just that? Was it, was it she didn't want to be stereotyped as a black family struggling? Because that's what I got from it. Right. Is that's that, yes, too. she had all of this schooling. She's a nurse. She's well off. But she didn't want to be categorized as black. And that's the first thing that Janine wanted to, like, the reason I think she gave is because she's like, oh, well, yeah, this is right. Yeah, you're you're a black family, and it's, I know it's hard. It's hard. They made the comment it's that was like, it's hard for, for anyone. anyone. I lo- and I was I'm like, like mm. uh, side eye. Exactly. Yes. Side eye. So there's some, like, underlying things that were going on there, and I think that's why she works twice as hard to prove that, like, you know, I'm well off regardless. What we have to realize, think? anytime you're a black family in a wealthy neighborhood, you're going to be scrutinized mm-hmm. just because of that, you but know? it's also possible to live in a wealthy neighborhood a full of black people or full of minorities or full of, like that's very I mean it's real yeah. so it's not like it's just funny because I don't because Bo one thing I love about her is her character isn't involved in I'm I need to work twice as hard like she doesn't wear that I feel like yeah. Dre wears that a lot more and that's why it's it's funny when they kind of bicker and, and come to a consensus of how they're going to teach the kids a lesson because she's always like okay it's not a big deal that we're treating our kids like this because they should have more than we did or whatever and Dre's like well they should learn the hard way and then have it and it, it's it's just it's such two a different backgrounds contra- yeah. it is, that's what I was going to say it's yeah. just two yeah. different backgrounds two different upbringings yeah. so. it's awesome it's a, it's a cool contrast exactly Okay, so Bo, uh, uh, we get into the office, and in in, I believe the next couple of scenes, he's in the office, and every <laughs> time Dre is asking for the his, the opinion of he how to raise the his kids, worst people at work, yes, <laughs> the worst people to get advice from on how to raise your kids. But he goes to them, and he's like, "Was it right for me to, to you know free up the fridge and um, make my kids starve?" And everyone was against it, obviously. Yeah. And it was just funny because a couple of weeks ago, the same people gave him advice about don't spank your kid. Well, spank kids, but like not your kids. Not, yeah. That's too much. And, and it's like they're just so inconsistent with their advice. advice yeah. And it's, it's hilarious because, you know, their response today was just so, well, what do you mean? They're supposed to have everything you want. They're, I mean, or everything you didn't have. They're perfect kids. And then he made a joke about how his kids are in rehab and everything. Yeah. And, and the, the reason I think that Dre went so crazy is because he made the comment like, your kids are just like my kids. And that moment, Dre was like, "Oh, your kids are in rehab, and they're they're um, they kicked out of rehab." That's because they was ge- it was handed everything. to them. So yeah. that's when everything was snatched away. I, I like that lesson though, because it is true, and and it doesn't even matter what type of family you are. You, you got to learn as a kid, especially in this generation, Lord Jesus, because these kids have iPads at six. For goodness' sake, yeah. I mean, they're yeah. not. I'm serious. They're not going to know how to type or write cursive. I just shouldn't even say that word anymore. I think it's like foul now. But cursive, they don't know what cursive See, I, is. I, I cursive, cursive. Anyway, um, yeah, so I just think I loved what his his initial point of the lesson was to teach them what hard work means. But then just the way he did it was just so drastic and very... Yeah, like yeah. The, the whole started from the bottom thing. I'm like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I really awesome. get it. Yeah. But they don't have to start that long. <laughs> like, there's another bottom <laughs> for, for this generation. You know, at the, at, at the end of the day, I, I think it is, you know, like I guess we're kind of in, in unison with that. You know, it's good 
that he did do that because yeah. you got to think, you know, especially like you said, kids that aren't even wealthy yes. have, you know, yes. luxuries, have iPhones, all this other bullcrap. So, you know, the fact that some kids uh, grow up in wealthy neighborhoods have even more than that. It's like kids now don't understand the value of a dollar. Yeah, the value. and that's the main oh thing gosh. I was taught. Yeah, exactly. And I, I was taught, I, I worked hard for my allowance when yes. I was, you know, 12, 13 years old. I agree. And, you know, had a job by 14. Um, just threw that in there. Threw it but anyways, uh, <laughs> it's but real. no, but, but yeah, you know, and, and, and the reason is, is, you know, I think what he was trying to do was show his kids, look, you know, you guys may feel that you're good because you have all these nice accessories and materialistic things and, and whatnot. But the problem is certain kids may think that that's the way it's supposed to be yeah. coming up. But and, hard work doesn't go out of style. And that's, oh, I think, has. the main, mm-hmm. that's the main thing I think he's trying to put into them. Now, the things that he was trying to implement, I don't think are relevant to this generation. <laughs> you have to get a little creative, like I said. But that hard work is what he's trying to instill in them. I just think he should have gone a different route. I just don't know what route? That's it. I mean, I, I didn't. I mean, some of you know, bearing down the fridge was much. But yeah, I think bringing them into work that was pretty cool, especially that because was it was an advertising job. It was a very current type of job. It's very 2014. So have them come in, have them do marketing. Junior carrying coffee. I, you know, I don't know about that, but but that fit Junior. It did. He didn't it need so, too much. It was hilarious. <laughs> like you can't give. It's like you're gonna take out the trash and do. It was perfect. But it, it's just funny because it's like. I honestly think Junior learned, like, the most at the end of the day, which is hilarious. But just in general, how he had them, you know, the kids come there and then had the smaller kids go to uh, the lemonade stand and that kind of thing. That's very... It makes sense for them because it's, like, not too much, but it's enough for them to, to see... Look, you got to get outside and, and do some work and understand yeah, what exactly. you me and your mom have been doing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean... Let's just jump right into the kids and their jobs. So the young kids go with Bo, and they start their lemonade stand. I saw no other way to do it than yeah. the lemonade stand. You I called mean, that. Like, yeah, you yeah, yeah. Less like, than 10. You're, exactly. Yeah. You're 6, 7. What are you going to do <laughs> in the office? You're not going to be right, useful. But right. you're anyways. And then the older kids, they are headed over to Dre's job at the marketing gig where, well, like we said, uh, juniors carrying coffee and like doing kind of the grunge work, janitorial work. And then Bo, not Bo, excuse me, Zoe yeah, mm-hmm. is doing uh, more so of the marketing thing. And did you guys think that was amazing or like cool that she was able to incorporate her video log with like the marketing? Like I how, think it was that really was kind of current. Perfect because it was extremely current. I mean, YouTube is the thing right now. So yeah. just to see her actually have that was that it showed me a little bit about her character and hopefully about her as a person too. It really I could did. see that it's something she's involved with too. But I love that we finally got a little peel back about Zoe. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, yeah, because like you said, what she was doing was relevant to yeah. what, what was going on. And also, I like the fact how. Uh, Dre was so inspired by what she was doing and all those views and her blogs and stuff like that and um, was, you know, got an idea to incorporate that into what he was doing. So um, it's interesting how, you know, you can see with, I guess, with the younger generation with technology and things of that sort, how they can be, you know, uh, 15, 16 years old and be coming up with these genius type ideas. Yeah, like they were finally being able to work hand in hand. I think that's Mm -hmm. the one area where like, are the older generation, they need us. They need our fresh perspective, our ideas. We're so into social media to the point where like, they study social media, but this is a lifestyle for Zoe, so it comes natural. So I think that's like the first time where we see that they are actually 
Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That said that. Like, that was you, the realest. You can look, though. I mean, look at, like, Facebook, a social media giant. That was started by two 21-year-olds, two 22-year-olds, yeah. you know? And MySpace was started by someone who was ex- extremely young, Black mm-hmm. Planet, all, yeah, I took oh, it back man. there. Yeah, you I took it back. Oh, back. What about <laughs> Zanga? Do you guys remember no, Zanga? No. Oh, I, I remember oh, Tagged, and I remember my tagged. mother blocking me from that. <laughs> That was before MySpace. That's like where MySpace kind of. Oh, anyway, wow. That was middle school. Uh, I can't. So it's been, happen- it's been happening for a long time then. Yeah. It's just the fact that what's happening for the middle school kids now, we are on it now. But yeah. I, I assume, you know what I mean? But I feel like maybe when we were younger, Zanga to the older people was like, how are the younger people already on this? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's- and that's the thing that the younger generation brings is that innovative, fresh, yeah, yeah. Perspective. you know, perspective. Yeah. Crazy. Which you saw was so helpful to this huge marketing yes. firm that he works for. So, so yeah. good. But I thought it was really interesting to see how like parents. Parents in the baby boomer uh, generation have a very hard time of letting you do your own thing. Like, I kind of feel like parents are scared of their kids failing for some reason. Like, they want to give you that push, but they still want to have their hand in it. I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but I know my parents, they do that. I think parents are scared of whatever they have not done before. Okay. I think that's like, they just, if they've not seen it happen to them, they don't really know how to help you. I know when I tell my mom, hey, I'm going to move out to LA, I'm going to be a host. She's like, now that sounds real cute, but I don't know like what to tell <laughs> what you. Steps or I don't to have take. any, I have no advice and yeah. that really freaks them out if they feel like they can't help. It's like, all you got to do is be supportive and pay for my plane ticket. And, oh, and okay. We're so, <laughs> so would you say that we, our generation is more like, we're more risk takers? Oh, 100%. 100%. Hundred percent, I would say. What do you think, Kevin? Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I think it's easier in this generation to be a risk taker yeah. mm-hmm. because of the resources that we have. Exactly. You know, it, we, we can build brands literally on in our rooms. In our rooms, you yeah. know, exactly. And uh, you know, from from blogs like we saw with um, what's her um, Zoe. Zoe. You know, so I think it's a little bit easier to be a risk taker now versus like thirty years ago. If I said, okay, I'm going to. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, if I'm going to move to LA and be this huge fashion designer or something of that sort, still a risk, but at least now we have outlets and places to where I mean, you we can, can start be. it on Instagram. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. You, know, you can literally be like, I'm going to be a fashion designer and do it and put exactly. it on Instagram before you know it. That's actually your job. It's exactly. Very, yeah. But I do think that sometimes parents do fear um, their children running off into, you know, um, unexperienced water or going mm-hmm. places yeah. that they're unfamiliar, uh, unfamiliarity, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's a fear in any uh, uh, parent's heart because they want to be able to guide direct of course. and, you know, help you become established. So I think that parents, they nothing, and there's nothing a parent wants more than for their child to succeed exactly. in their respective field. I mean, that's really all that they want. Yeah. And when they, if they feel that they can't help or they don't know how to or it's things of that side, yeah. it gets uncomfortable yeah. for them. Be- yeah. Because I think, like I said earlier, like their our generation, or not our generation, our parents' generation, they are all on like steps and hard work and move from this ladder to this ladder Structure. and that's success. Mm-hmm. And we are like all over the place. That's true. Now, how successful that's going to make all of us, we'll see because we're not done being successful. It's a little confusing. It's a little, yeah. it's a little yeah. much. <laughs> Worst risk I ever took. <laughs> Man. But at least you did it. Because I see people in our generation are inspiring people in, in older generations yeah. to yeah. actually step out and do what they have always wanted to do. And seeing us do it at a young age is just like, if that's you can crazy. do it, then yeah. why could I? Can I not do it? Like, I'm established. Let me do it. Let me take that risk. Well, so we're learning that, from each other. I also think that back Back then, with the older generations, you know, when they were reared, when and I say older generations, you know, people that were raised in the 50s, 60s, and things of that baby sort. Baby boomers, yeah. Ba- yeah, baby boomers. You know, they were
were, it was handed down by their parents. It's you're going to do this, then you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this. So all of the dreams that we have now would be absurd to, you know, the baby boomers back then, um, coming up because obviously that's how that they, that's how they were raised, yeah. you know, pursuing, uh, field and entertainment or pursuing a field here in fashion, what have you back then was just not, it wasn't seen of. as a feasible, yeah. um, you know, uh, 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 occupation. Yeah. So. But isn't it interesting because like our our parents have actually put that seed in us. They have told us to, you know, do what you want to do, go after your dreams because maybe they didn't see that for themselves. Yeah. So I feel like our generation is carved out by technology, our parents telling us to go after what we want and we listened and we're more risk takers because of that. I mean, throw in the fact that all of us got ribbons even if we were in 21st place and then there you go. Exactly. That's, how, that's like how, I mean, throw in the parents patting on the back with the 21st ribbon <laughs> and the technology and I never got and a ribbon. Generation. Yeah, what place everyone were you? wins. What I was like 90th, so oh, I don't my, think okay, they Maybe they didn't have enough. I'm yeah. so sorry. I got you on Monday. I got you. <laughs> I got you, man. Um, do you think it was interesting because Dre made a comment at the end about um, the obstacle, like obstacles creating character, and he was saying that his kid's obstacle is him, you know, and that, that's the funny thing. Yeah, and I just thought, I love that line that obstacles create character, and I wanted to know what you guys th- thought about that. If, like, you know, the, the bumps and bruises in, in your lives or, or whatever, do you feel like that's made you better or could you have lived without a few of those depending on what they are that's a good one so, so, so you're saying uh, okay because he said he said I think Dre said his biggest obstacle for the kids was himself well yeah so you're saying because he was saying that obstacles create character which is why he was trying to push his kids into these crazy fields but then he realized at the end that he was his kids obstacle and mm-hmm. so he, as long as he's still their dad they'll be fine kind of thing but if you take him out of it and you just focus on the sentence obstacles create character I wanted to know what you thought about that well of course I mean I think any kind of challenge Challenge per se creates sure. character, mm-hmm. whether it's an obstacle, pitfall, detour, distract, you know, what, what, yeah. what have you. Switch I up. think switch up. There right. you go. Yeah. Um, you know, any of that creates character because, you know, it's not necessarily because we're all going to one of my one of my favorite quotes is by the late Dr. Maya Angelou. But it says um, in uh, in life. You will suffer defeats, but you must not be defeated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, essentially, I look at obstacles the same way. I mean, y- you know, obviously, we're all going to go through them, but character is really established on how you recover, how you, mm-hmm. um, you know, overcome, and things of that sort. So, Dre, and the thing with Dre is I, he tries, at least, you know, from what I've seen, he tries his hardest to be the best dad that he can be to that. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of that is just a reflection of how hard parenting really is. Mm-hmm. You know, th- 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 there's, you know, even some of the most, you know, brilliant, um, you know, uh, highly regarded parents there are out there still struggle. I mean, th- th- there's, there's, Heck yeah. I don't think there's any way, nobody knows exactly how to do everything. Pa- parenting is a learning process. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, I think Dre, he, he's kind of discovering that as well with the whole obstacle line. Right. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, that was interesting. You yeah. know, I th- thought about it full circle. Definitely cool. agree. Let's go ahead and get into predictions real quick before we end. Yep. I love it. I don't, I, I hate this part because it's like, it takes all oh, long. I just, I never know what I, you know, I have these things I want to see. You know, I'm still, <laughs> these flashing lights. Hey. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> okay, so we're into predictions, but we forgot one last thing. Riding dirty with Bo. How do we feel about the ending on oh, this episode? Wow. I 100% loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Great way to tie a bow and leave it. She said, <laughs> don't touch my car. <laughs> 
Yeah, under her breath. Yeah, Bo is constantly the whole episode trying to impress. So, do we think that Bo is her trying to impress her neighbors is going to continue in the in further episodes or? How do, do we feel about that ending? That was my first time seeing Bo in that character. So mm-hmm. I, I thought it was kind of funny because, you know, usually we're seeing Dre trying to make sure he's proving his coworkers or proving to his kids. And Bo's kind of like, whatever, it's all good. No, it's going to work out. So that was fun seeing her kind of step out and be like, all right, I need to get on board so that they don't think I'm crazy, too. Right. You know? So I actually would love to see her in that more. It, it's entertaining and it brings in a lot of guest characters because I love the girl who played Janine as well. She was hilarious. Okay, okay. My prediction this week, hmm. I mean, with this show, it's really hard to do a prediction because yeah. every time they touch on something new. So, I mean, I know that Pops is a recurring uh, role, and I know Shaprinta says that every week we want to see more of Pops, but I really want to see him go on a date with that lady friend that we don't know is right. actually present. But I really want to see. They broke up. Who yeah, knows? I just want to see. I want to see a little bit more of Pops' life. Pops is the grandfather in the show. Okay. Okay. So Thank that's you my, for clarifying yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, you didn't see him this episode. Did you have any like male perspective type on the show overall? Um, I mean, I, I, I would say this as a male. You know, a lot of times you will hear that the woman is the backbone of the family mm-hmm. and most families, and and that is true. You know, for the most part, you know, I look at my family, but I do like the fact that you see a very strong dominant male in this particular family Good. that makes the decisions, and you know, the kids come to for advice yeah. and things, and it's, it's real refreshing to see that yeah. because you know, a lot of times you don't hear that enough you know mm-hmm. they always hear it's the woman in the family that which and there's a lot of strong women that do do wonderful right, jobs right. so I'm not you know no discredit yeah, we, we, got it. We, we don't need that I don't want to get any hate comments guys. for that you know <laughs> look if they give you any hate comments from that I will be very disappointed you guys that was amazing advice because Dre is a really fun cool dad it's very yeah. like every time I watch I think of like my wife and kids or yeah. other shows you know like shows that just used to like really you know make your heart feel that good don't make the don't make the black dad feel like he's not doing his job yeah, because my exactly. dad does a great job right. your dad does a great job mm. I'm sure your dad does a great job that is what family's all about I that's why I love talking this show. to my friend about her dad who does a great job exactly so, I mean, you know, yeah. so we finally get to see some light shed on that any more predictions before we wrap up yeah, I predict that Rainbow is in the next episode. It's going to start off with her going by Janine's house in a Lamborghini with spinners, like twenty fours, <gasps> just I going around and around. It. And she's going to reach out the window with like a Rolex watch on and say, "Janine, what time is it?" Or <laughs> just, just be out of this world. I would love it. Oh um, that would be great. That, that would be great, great but that's probably not going to happen. Right. So, uh, uh, a real prediction. I don't know. I, I, you're right. They touch on a different theme every. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I would like to see a uh, goodness. I don't know. Maybe like a uh, a theme where the I don't know. Um, I, I really don't know. That, that's my prediction. Okay. I have no you idea. You don't know. Just but like overall, that. you like where it's headed. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good. I think they're touching on good topics. It's learning. It's 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 it's, it's educational to people watching too. Yeah. It's like wow, you know. I can't wait for the holiday episodes. I really want to see how Dre's family celebrates Thanksgiving Christmas and Christmas. And, mm. I think that'll be really really interesting. Now the question is, are they going to celebrate Hanukkah? I mean, Kwanzaa. they probably are. Oh my god, that see, is, and that's a great. We're prediction. all going to learn though, because I that's my prediction. That is my prediction. I love it. Exactly. I love it. They are going to celebrate Kwanzaa and there's going to be a dispute in the family over celebrating Kwanzaa and all of that stuff (laughs) and Janine's going to come over and try to celebrate Kwanzaa with them so Janine is in every episode I'm feeling it it's funny you always need the just the 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 annoying obsessive neighbor just makes it shout out to you Mr. Sherman (laughs) okay shout out to you Mike (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, where can everybody find you guys on social media? Yeah, you guys can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at One Take Stace. Also here at Black Hollywood Live doing Black Tea Party on Fridays. And shout out to my girl Megan who's watching the show today. Woo! I'm Kevin John. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Hey Kevin John or on my website www.itskevinjohn.com and also a big shout out to Megan because since she's not here I get to be here oh my gosh and you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Teznos as always please send us your comments on YouTube and tweet us everything under the hashtag BlackishABC we'll see you guys next week and thanks for tuning in thank bye you. thank you guys for having me from executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.